This presentation is from UX Australia 2016, held in Melbourne. For more presentations from this and other conferences, please visit uxaustralia.com.au. Um, Denise and I met uh, when I was at a conference called Giant last year, and I knew within about three seconds of her being on the stage that she, that she belonged here for us. So I was like, you are coming to Melbourne and you are going to do us an excellent talk. Because she is. So welcome, Denise. I love it when people... Oh, look, microphone. Amazing. Um, I love it when people... Donna was like, what do you want me to say? And I was like, oh, just say something nice about me or something. Um, good morning. Okay, really? All right, who hasn't had their coffee yet? Okay, that's actually a significant number of people who have had coffee or whatever they need. So let's try it again. Good morning. Good morning. Yes, okay. Now, this actually kind of sets the stage uh, for this talk because this talk is not going to be a talk where I stand here and pontificate for an hour or however long. Uh, this talk is actually going to be really interactive, and so there are going to be times when I ask for you to participate, and hopefully you will not do it grudgingly. Hopefully you will doing it wonderfully and willingly, just like you did with this good morning thing. So I want to talk about creativity, because creativity is my jam. But I also really want to talk about creative collaboration, because creative collaboration is really what people need in your positions uh, as UX people and for all of the other people who are like, I'm not a UX person. I raise my hand for that, by the way. Um, although I guess I could like probably tweak and massage and make it so that I'm a UX person in some way, but I'm not a UX person per se. My name's Denise Jacobs. As you know, we are here at UX Australia and everything, and I think I actually got the, nope, I got the date wrong because my days are hard when you're in the United States. Like the Australia, United States thing, it's, it's hard. Um, it is. Uh, my Twitter handle, if you guys want to tweet, is Denise Jacobs, and you know the Twitter handles for here is UX Australia and also the hashtag. And then the hashtag for the talk is create together. So, if you want the slides, hopefully they're on the page by now. If not, they'll be there by tomorrow. Uh, this, you can use this URL, and I'll also uh, show this URL again at the end of the presentation, and we'll tweet it at the end of the presentation. So, if you miss it now, don't feel bad. Um, like I said, um, I'm not a UX person. I did used to be a web dev, front-end development person, and I actually wrote a book called The CSS Detective Guide way back in the ancient time of 2009, and, uh, which for my book, it is ancient times. I still reference in my book. I, I'm, like, it's like embarrassing in some ways, actually, but I reference IE6 because at that point in time, it was a big deal. Who knew? Um, who knew it was before responsive design? It was before all that stuff. But um, through actually the process of writing that book and a few other things, I realized how important creativity was to me and also to everybody actually who's in 
tech industry and things like that, how much we actually need that to be able to do what we do well. Right, and so that's why I decided to stop being. I cast off the the uh, the mantle of being a CSS person and became instead a creativity evangelist. I need music in the back. Bum ba ba bum. Um, and also then went on to uh, uh, create my company, The Creative Dose, where I do talks and I come to companies and I lead workshops and do coaching on all sorts of things. And so that's what I do a little bit about me. Donna was like, do you want me to talk about it? I was like, no, I'll do it. So let's get started. So let's talk about this whole kind of idea of creation. Now, Creativity these days, I don't know if you, I personally am actually starting to get tired of hearing creativity everywhere. It's like the new black, right? Like it's everywhere all the time. Well, you know, it's really important to try to unleash your creativity. And I'm just like, I've been talking about this stuff for the last six years. Of course it's important. Um, but it's, it's kind of the new black. It's kind of like the new thing. It's always like kind of this like buzzword that kind of creativity and innovation is like a buzzword that goes around. It doesn't really seem to be supported that well. However, 2010, IBM did a study of CEOs and said, what's the most important quality? What's the most important skill that leaders are going to need within the next five years? And overwhelmingly, they said creativity. In 2013, Time Magazine in the United States did a poll and asked people, what is the quality that is the most important for you for people that you work with, for your colleagues, what do you want them to have? Do you want them to be ambitious? Do you want them to be intelligent or compassionate? Do you want them to be cute? I would have been like, yeah, I totally want them to be cute. Are you kidding? Um, <laughs> I would have just kept that answer underneath. I was like, yeah, but that's what I was thinking. But y'all yeah, oh, know I want them to be smart. Um, and then overwhelmingly, they said, 94% said that they actually want their colleagues to be creative, right? That is the most important skill. That's what they value the most. I feel like we have this thing inside of us that makes us, that compels us to create. I think that in our being, in our fiber, we must create. Now, before you start going, I don't need to create, just hold on, simmer down for a moment. Creativity is not doing art. Creativity is not creating a tableau or writing a piece of music or, or writing a book, right? There is a very limited kind of perception of what being creative is. In my mind, creativity is actually bringing something new into being. And then there are some people, Bruce, uh, Bruce Nuss Nussbaum, wrote a book called Creative Intelligence, and he defines creativity as the ability to see patterns and make connections. If you can see patterns and make connections, you are creative. So don't limit your thinking about your capacity to be creative by thinking that it needs to be this, this kind of narrow thing that we've been told. We must create. We are compelled. We are pushed to make things, to create things, to bring new things into being. And it could be something as simple well, not really simple, it's kind of complex in a way, although it's fun while it's happening, to bring a child into the world. But it also could be making a company, it could be developing a conference. That is an act of creation. And 
because it is such, a, such an important thing and because businesses are based on bringing new things to the market and bringing new products and services and stuff, I believe that creativity is a business imperative as well. And actually, Adobe did a study, I think it was in 2012, called The State of the Create, and it was global. And it said that 80% of people feel that unlocking creativity is critical to economic growth. <sighs> but the problem is, like I said, we've got all of these kind of myths and, 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 and misunderstandings and, 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 and you know, things, that untruths that we are dealing with with creativity. And one of the biggest ones that hurts us, especially in the, in the business environment, especially in the context of work and working with other people, is that there's this mythology of the lone creative genius that being creative, that there's going to be somebody, hopefully not in a basement, but there's going to be somebody that's on the team or there's going to be some person that's going to be just coming up with like all of these brilliant ideas all the time and that to be creative means to be alone. To be creative means coming up with ideas and never interacting with other people and never asking questions, never vetting anything, never kicking anything around, right? And the problem with this concept is that it's very isolating. It puts us in these silos where we feel like we need to like, carry this burden, this kind of creative burden on our own. But the thing is, is that you've probably found this in your own life, that creativity is really about blending ideas and concepts, bringing these disparate things together and putting them together to make something new, right? And so what we really need is we need kind of like a template for starting to work together creatively and starting to actually creatively collaborate and coming together to make something to go towards a common goal and to start actually creating better together. So five steps to this process, or five parts to this process. The first part is to unblock. Now, I will give you a disclaimer that this is actually kind of my favorite part because I'm writing a book about it, which I'll talk about later. So unblocking. Creative process involves many conversations not just amongst co-creators and colleagues, but conversations with oneself. And so this unblocking is kind of the first step, is the conversation that we have with ourselves and what we need to do to actually unleash our own creativity. So question for you. What do you feel like, like on a personal level, what do you feel like is like one of the biggest blocks to letting out our creativity and letting out creative ideas? No spoilers for the people who were in my workshop yesterday. Judgment. judgment, yes. And where does judgment come from? What's the, what's the basis of judgment? What? Anxiety, what's the basis of anxiety? Yes, you guys are so good. Fear, right? I'm sorry, I'm shouting. I feel like I'm shouting. Get excited about this. It's like, see, this is why I call myself a creativity evangelist, because I like start preaching. <laughs> Preach it, girl, speak. Fears, usually <sighs> try to calm down. So, for example, the fear of being judged, right? Judgment, first thing you said. First thing, anxiety, fear of being criticized, right? Your ideas being criticized. What happens in a meeting? I said this yesterday. What happens in a meeting? I said this at the UX meetup too. 
come up with a good idea? Yeah, so I thought we could. And then what happens to people? What do they say? No, we tried that already. Well, that, that's not going to work. Ma, 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 ma. Right? So fear of ideas being criticized. Fear of not being perfect and making mistakes, right? Maybe this is the wrong idea. Maybe if we do this, it's not going to do what we want it to do. Or maybe if I make a mistake, I'll just not try, right? Fear of not being enough. I don't know enough. I'm not smart enough. I don't have enough experience. I don't have enough expertise. This isn't my area, right? I haven't been in here long enough. Sometimes it's the fear of your idea is being too unique. Sometimes it's the fear that this is just like way out there and nobody is going to get it and nobody's going to get me. All of these, in some way, shape, or form, are forms of the inner critic. And when you think about fear, so it's, a, it's based on fear, fear, an acronym for it, a good one, is false evidence appearing real. I'm not going to say the alternate one. Now, If you're in a place where you're dealing with these fears, you're dealing with all this stuff, and those are creating blocks to creativity, a really quick, easy way to do it is to actually leverage mind-body connection. So, has anybody seen Amy Cuddy's TED Talk? Yeah? How many people haven't seen it? Sweet. Okay, so... Amy Cuddy did a TED Talk, your homework for tonight. It's 15 minutes. You're going to be fine. Your body language shapes who you are. And she's got a great quote from this talk. And she says, our bodies change our minds, our minds change our behavior, and our behavior changes our outcomes. And so by doing this little tweak, this little hack, you can actually start to make your mind think different things by making your body do something. So... A lot of times when we're in these meetings and stuff like this, does anybody sit like that? You sit there, all like, you do like the ego pose. I think I can do it, the yoga one. Right? And you sit there and you're like doing this or you're looking down and stuff like this. They've done studies and they show that this body language is the body language of a person who is putting themselves in a one-down position putting themselves in a kind of a position of inferiority. And so when you're in that position, you're actually probably not liable to try to uh, share any ideas or anything. Whereas the person who's leading the meeting is probably standing there like, so this, this, and this, blah, 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 this, this, and this. And that is the body language of somebody who is in power, who is in control. Now, if you want to... Go into a meeting, for example, or get into a place. Maybe you're doing something, you're starting to feel like discouraged and stuff like this. This is what I want you to do. Please stand up. You're probably going to want to put down phones and things like that. He's like, well, you could dance, but dancing is not necessarily what we're going to do here. No fighting. No fighting. I'm going to have to break you two up. <laughs> right? <laughs> okay. This is what I want you to do. Now, this is what I usually say. For people who are self-conscious, and I would have to say that's like majority of people in the world, this is what I want you to do. I want you to close your eyes. I've got my eyes closed too. I can't even see you. This is what I want you to do. So what Amy Cuddy says 
is that when you want to get yourself, you want to use this mind-body connection and you want your brain to start thinking different things, that you make your body do something and it'll start to change what your brain's thinking. So she says to do a power pose. Okay, you got to look at me for a moment. So if you stand with your hands on your hips, or as I like to call it, arms akimbo, right? You do a superhero pose, that will actually, and you hold it for a certain amount of time, that will actually change what your brain is thinking. So let's try it. So let's close your eyes. And I want you to put yourself, like, just start thinking all of those thoughts. You're like, oh, man. They're like, oh, you suck. You never come up with good ideas. Why are you doing UX? It doesn't make any sense. You should have been a doctor. Why didn't you go to law school? Your sister's better at this. Oh, my God. They're going to totally shoot it down. And get your body, embody all of those thinking, all of that thoughts, and you're probably all slumped over and stuff. Okay, and once you're really in it, stand up, shake it off, and then on the count of three, I want you to assume your best superhero power pose. One, two, three. (laughs) All right, now, you may be, some people like to fly through the air. Some people like to hold their arms up and triumph. I don't know what you're doing. I personally like to stand with one arm on my hip and point off into the distance. (laughs) Okay, shake it off. Let's do it one more time. So, pathetic. Oh, my God. They're never going to listen to me. I'm always doing this. It's going to be hard. I just want to be empathetic. (laughs) (laughs) And listen... Oh, okay, shake it off. You ready? Power pose in three, one, two, three. Now, hold the power pose. Amy Cuddy says that if you hold this, she says two minutes. Two minutes is a while, right? (laughs) I'm thinking 30 seconds. Hold it. I went to a yoga class. This is great. Oh, how you guys are holding it. I went to a yoga class, and the yoga instructor will have you in like some crazy pose, like ukutasana. And she'll be like, hold it, hold it. And then she'll go, I said fucking hold it. <laughs> You're like, okay, let go. All right, you can sit down. Thank you. you guys, you're not even like, that was just the beginning. We got more. We got more. So what you end up experiencing, there's something, has anybody read Reality is Broken by Jane McGonigal? Homework. Um, Great book about gaming, actually, but she has a lot of really great stuff in in the research. And she actually uh, turned me on to this concept called Fiero, which is the emotional high that you get when you have triumphed over adversity. And I would even say that that's the simplest sense of accomplishment that you feel, the same sense of accomplishment that you feel when you've trumped one of your fears, right? When you have gone and faced a fear and moved past it, doesn't that feel amazing where you're just like, I was totally afraid of that, and then I just kicked that thing's ass, right? 
So same thing, Fiero is what you get when you have that. And then having that experience, moving past that fear and putting yourself in a place of kind of uh, feeling stronger actually opens the door for inspiration, makes space for inspiration. And then another thing that you can also do to kind of create this space is to employ what's called an experimentation mindset. So a lot of times what we have in the world is more of an implementation mindset, right? We've got to do it. We've got to do it right the first time, and we've got to, like, you know, it is very narrow range of what the kind of outcomes can be. Whereas an experimentation mindset opens kind of the, the realm of possibilities, that you have more space to wander, more inte- intellectual space to explore, and that you can actually figure things out more with an experimentation mindset. So I also recommend actually starting to employ that. And in doing that, using the power pose as a mind-body hack, using experimentation mindset, your ideas will start to flow. And that's just you on your own. So let's move to the next step, which is connecting with other people. So Bruce Nussbaum in Creative Intelligence says that creativity is social and that you need these magic circles of small teams of people who trust each other, who are familiar with each other, and who play together. Yeah! Doesn't that sound great? Creativity is something called superlinear, which means that the more people you have together, the more creativity you can generate. It's pretty straightforward. And I love that idea. So we need to kind of capitalize upon this idea that none of us need to have all the ideas, right? One of us is smart, but all of us together is brilliant. And so the first thing to keep in mind with this is that keeping your ideas to yourself is really detrimental. You can't leverage this kind of collective creativity if you're being like super like, hmm, hmm. My idea, right? You have to actually start to share them with people. Has anybody seen the movie? I'm like all the references today. Has anybody seen the movie Lucy? I've watched it like two or three times because Scarlett Johansson is awesome. Um, And I also love Luke Beeson because he does, he actually has lots of movies with very strong female leads, and that's another topic for another time. But one of the concepts in this movie that I loved the most is this idea that cells pass on their knowledge by replicating. And that if a cell is in an environment where it doesn't feel like it's safe to do anything, it will instead keep to itself and eventually it will self-destruct. And I was like, ooh, that's deep. So don't be a cell who is just trying to like self-preserve and then is not able to pass knowledge on to others, right? Be somebody who actually is like expanding the possible outcomes by sharing what you know. Be generous with your ideas. Be generous with your knowledge because that will spark a lot of other things. Share them. Be in environments where maybe it's 
not that you're, you know, doing a lunch and learn or something, but when people have problems, you say, hey, now I've, I've actually worked with that before. This is what we did. It was really interesting. It worked out. Uh, maybe you can mentor people. There's a flip side to the sharing information. And the flip side is that you also need to listen, right? Connecting with people isn't just about being heard. It's about hearing. And about hearing is when you can figure out, you guys know this because you're UX people, right? You do user um, um, interviews. Thank you. I was like, you know, what's that word? Um, You do user interviews. You talk to people and stuff like that. And so you know listening is important. What happens a lot of times, and we did an exercise in our, in our workshop yesterday, we're going to do one today, that when you talk a lot, sometimes that ends up muting other people, right? Doing like, yeah, 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 we did this, and we did this, and this, and this, and somebody else is like, excuse me, I, well, we were, I would, <clears throat> never mind. Um, so also kind of like honing that. So some, some tips for, for being and becoming an adept listener. First of all, be present. Be really, really present. Don't necessarily figure out, try to figure out what you're going to say next. Pay attention to what they're saying. Really focus. Really listen. Really listen to those pain points. You guys know this stuff. Relax your own agenda. You will have your chance eventually. Now, I could talk about this all day long, but let's actually practice it. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to get a partner. You guys are like, she really wants us to do stuff. I really do. Get a partner, person sitting next to you, in front of you, behind you, whatever. And this is what I want you to do. First, I want you to think of something you're really excited about. Something that you're like super psyched. Like maybe you're going to go snowboarding like next weekend. Maybe you are about to build like a birdhouse. Maybe you're going to go for a great run. Maybe you're going to build a birdhouse. It could happen. Right? See? He's going to build a birdhouse. We'll talk about it later. Um, something you're really excited about, something you're really passionate about. And I want you, with your partner, to talk about that thing at the exact same time with a lot of passion and a lot of energy. Go. Passion, energy, gestures. Loud. Same time. Okay. How was that? <laughs> Everybody just laughs. Like, oh my God, really, what, what was the experience like? What was, what, what, how was that? Difficult, difficult to concentrate, right? What else? Chaotic. What else? What? You on- Ooh, he only heard what he was saying. Did you ever have, does any, did anybody like stop talking because they got interested in what the other person was saying? <laughs> got distracted? Like, uh-huh. Oh, wait, no. And then, and then, right? Okay, so let's try it again. This time, you take turns. The person who's talking, same thing. Lots of energy, passion, all of that stuff. The person who's listening, really listen, nod your head, just like keep egging them on. Like, yeah, really? Oh, mm, oh, like this is the most interesting. Look, fake it. if you. <laughs> or, or 
just dig down deep and find that like, oh, this actually is really interesting. I'm like, I get to like just listen to what this person is. So we'll do it one with one person and then you switch to the other person. Okay, ready? Go. Okay. All right. How was that? A lot better. Why? Ooh, yes. Amen. Brother, hey. You can actually listen to the person, and then you know that when you're speaking, they're going to listen to you, right? Amazing. So that is important. It builds trust. It builds a sense of safety. You guys, like I said, you know this. You practice this. And if you don't, you probably have thought about it, (laughs) right? So that is part of connecting. First, share your ideas. Second, make sure you listen so that you can take in other people's ideas because that gives you something to work with. That gives you something to start taking and combining and putting together. The other part of this is that we need to have a diversity of people that we're working with. Because if we have a diversity of people that we're working with, then we will have a diversity of ideas, and that will make the ideas that we generate together that much stronger. Um, I, it's, it's, it's funny. Um, so obviously I'm from the United States. And uh, <laughs> there's, I know, right? Like you couldn't tell. You were like, I thought that was a British accent. I know, I fool people all the time. Um, so can I tell you guys one little story? I'm sorry, can I just share one little anecdote with you? I wasn't planning to do this. but So I did a year in France, a uh, long time ago in college. And by the end of the year, my French had gotten to a place where people actually didn't know where I was from. So I went, remember once being at a party and talking to a guy, and he says, where are you from? And I was like, guess. And he was like, uh, Senegal? And I was like, no. He was like, Martinique? And I was like, nope. Guadeloupe? Nope. Togo? Nope. And so he ended up going through all of French West Africa, went back to the Caribbean, then was like, UK? I was like, no. And he was like, I don't know. Where are you from? And I was like, from the United States. And he's like, but your French is so good. (laughs) God bless the United States for being the way it is. So back back to the thing, diversity of thought. So having these different backgrounds, having these different experiences and everything, gives you more to work with and more to, to like kind of um, fertile ground for, for solving problems. Creativity thrives on diversity, tension sharing, and collaboration, of course. So you need a group or you need like groups with people with different kinds of strengths and skills. You guys know this, right? And you also need to make sure that there are really complementary roles and responsibilities within the team so that people aren't fighting with each other and trying to do the same things, right? The more you know that 
this is your purview. And also, I would say too, I wasn't going to say this, but make sure the thing that's your purview is the thing that you like to do. It's the thing that you're like naturally really good at. Because when you're trying to do something that you're not naturally good at, sometimes you get better. But usually it's a painful process. And you're not going to improve very much, right? So make sure you've got this. And then the other thing in terms of this idea is being able to respond and adapt to be able to create. So you've got this diverse group of people, you've got these complementary roles, and then, of course, what's going to happen? The unexpected. And so people need to be able to kind of move and, and flow and work with stuff. And so, haha, my favorite exercise! Ah! Okay, so we're going to try this. We're going to try this by doing uh, my favorite exercise, which is called Story by Suggestion. So, Get a different partner. You guys are like, we have to talk to people? Yes, you have to talk to people. So partner up with another person, but get somebody that you haven't worked with yet. All right. Once you have your partner, folks, once you have your partner, I want one of you, you need to determine between the two of you who's going to be A and who's going to be B. A, A's, you are going to be the storyteller first, okay? Now, here's the premise for the story. So you're going to tell the other person the story. You've got some responsibilities. The first one is we've got a premise, but you're going to be able to make the story up. However, you are going to let the listener help you make the story, and you're going to do this by giving them the opportunity to give you either a noun or a verb. So it'll go something like this. Who wants to be my person? Okay, so, so I was walking down the street and I found a... Um, a what? A paper bin. And so it was good because I had a bottle and I needed to... Get rid of it. So I got rid of the bottle and the paper bin. And then after that, I found a, um, policeman? a policeman. It was really helpful because he told me to go away. Go away. <laughs> so now, listeners, the B people, don't think you have to come up with something like she did. I have a list that I'm going to put on the screen. So A's... You need to have your back to the screen. Bs, you need to read the screen. Bs, when you read the screen, don't get cute and try to help the person by changing, choosing the words. Literally, read down the list. Okay? Are you guys ready? You're ready? Okay, go. Okay, now we're going to switch. I have to tell you that I'm, I was errant in my ways, and I forgot to tell you that there is actually a premise for the story. So you don't have, you don't have to make it up. So here's the second premise. So group, for, so bees, you get a story, and you actually... I'm going to give you a premise for the story. Are you ready for the premise for the story? Um, is anybody... F 
<laughs> is anybody familiar with what ayahuasca is? Oh, oh, oh yeah. I heard that. Oh, yeah. Okay, so here's the premise for the story. The premise for the story is that you just came back from a trip to Brazil where you had gone and you had gone deep into the rainforest for an ayahuasca experience. So that's the premise of your story. So you're telling the person, the next person. So now, bees, the, 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 the new listeners, did you guys switch places? Switch places. When you're all switched, I will change the list. Are you ready? Go. Okay. How was that? Because I love that exercise, and I hope you loved it as much as I did, because I love that exercise. How was that? Fun. Why? Uh, because it was different and uh, loosened, sort of just loosened your life. Yes. And did you have to know? You didn't know what was coming, right? With these words? And did you guys, like, were you guys, like, freaked out where I was like, oh, yeah, you get another list of words? Because you were like, I know what I'm going to say. Because there was pomegranate, there was kitten. Like, I had totally, I'm gonna, I know what I'm going to use that with. And that's like, oh, no, different list. What else? Anything else? Yes, yes. And then it's this playful exchange, right? This wonderful, playful exchange where you're both creating this thing together. I love that exercise. So a really good example, I mean, life is like that, right? You don't know what a person's going to say when you're having a conversation. This is kind of, it's a natural thing, and we're always in this kind of place of doing this. We just don't realize it. But this also could be potentially a good exercise that you can use within your teams or something like that to kind of get people loosened up and get them to kind of into a place where they're thinking differently, they're playing, they're connecting with each other. It's important. So next part of this, play. Play is how we invent and experiment. And one of the great things, this is actually what we just did was uh, an implied, uh, implied, an applied improvisation exercise. And we're going to actually do some more. Improvisation is a great tool, a great way, great vehicle for us to play and experiment and to get into that mode where we're actually starting to let creative ideas flow and come to us. And so I like to think about that as improving with improv. So instead of having that immediate response of yes, but, right, that we start to have something else and we use these improv techniques to amplify the ideas of others and use a technique that has been attributed, the, the, the term has been attributed to Walt Disney called plussing and is very, very um, extensively used at Pixar and other places. So... The first thing that you need to know to be able to do to plus or to yes and, as they call it in improv, is to start where you are. Wherever you are, whatever suggestion it is, so you may be in a meeting and somebody comes up with something and you're just like, woo, that's so crap, right? <laughs> just keep it inside. But it's a place to start 
Because when you start to add the stuff, when you start to plus things, you have that initial place that you start, but once you plus, you're not dealing with the initial thing. You're dealing with the thing in front of you. And then you plus again, and you're not dealing with either one of those. You're dealing with this thing. So start where you are. Accept the offer. So if you're in an improv, you've seen bad improv, I'm sure, but if somebody is in an improv sketch and somebody says, hey, so I saw you walking down the street with your Aunt Ida and she was wearing a crazy blue hat, are you going to say... If you say there's not a blue hat, you just did not accept the offer. Accept the offer. Instead of saying, no, she didn't have a blue hat, you say... Yes, she got that yesterday from her friend, the pomegranate. Boom. (laughs) Pomegranates is a great little boutique store in Fitzroy. (laughs) So accept the offer. Then fully commit. Don't go in kind of half-assed like, yeah, you know, like... He did it. He was like strong. He wasn't like, um, and um, I, uh, I think. He was like, yeah, this, this, and this, right? Go in, be strong, fully commit to what it is that that person just said and what you're going to say. The response is always yes and, not yes but, not no. Yes and, and then whatever you add on improves upon what the person says and enhances it. What that ends up doing is making your colleagues look good. And if everybody is making everybody else look good, guess what? When it's your turn to submit something, somebody else is going to make you look good. And then everybody looks good kind of ensemble. So I need six people to come up on stage with me. Six. Don't make me catch you. One, two. Yes, three, four, five. Six, up on the stage. Um, wait, don't hide behind me. We got all the space. Look at all the space. Space. Two, three, four, five, six. Perfect. Great. Yes. All right. So these fine people, give these people a hand. Our fearless, fearless folks. I might need a microphone. I don't know. You guys, you guys can project, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. She's like, yes. <laughs> Stood it up all straight. Okay. So this is what these fine people are going to do. By the way, if you decide you don't want this little dress, I'll take it. <laughs> we'll talk about it later. I tried to take a shirt from somebody in my workshop yesterday. She's like, I'm kind of wearing it. I like, oh, sorry. <laughs> Whew. I just love this. So... This is what I want you guys to do. You guys are going to make a sentence, okay? And what you're going to do is you each are going to supply a word. That's all I'm going to say. If you have your word, you don't have to do it in order. You don't have to do it in sequence. Just when you have your word, feel so moved, step forward and say your word. Okay. Just one at a time, though. Whoever wants to start. Breakfast. Compassion. Compassion. Pony. Pony. <laughs> you're, you're catching on. <laughs> if you feel so moved, there's only three left of you. Poached eggs. Poached eggs. Lemon. Lemons. Incomprehensible. Incomprehensible. So, what do we have? Breakfast. 
compassion, ponies, lemons, no, poached eggs, lemons, incomprehensible. How is that for a sentence? Incomprehensible. All right. Now, we're going to try it again. You're going to make a sentence that's actually a comprehensible sentence, A. And the other thing that you're going to do is choose your word knowing that somebody else is coming after you and that their word should be, like, should be able, you should give them a word that they can work with. Okay? You guys have got the power. I know you can do this. Wait a minute. Let's just have a moment. (sighs) Teamwork? Ready? Yes. Okay. Whoever feels so moved. This. This. Is the best. Is the best. One word. (laughs) But it's okay. We'll work on it. This is the best. Great. Uh, Cake. Cake. In. In. Wait. You've already done once. Let them take it home. Take it home. World. World. This is the best cake in the world. In the UX, sorry, in the UX world. Don't want to take away your thunder. How was that for a sentence? Much better. How did it feel knowing that the person ahead of you was going to give you something to work with? easier, right? Thank you, you guys. That was great. So doing this, doing this process, again, you can kind of see there's a total difference. Okay, maybe I didn't give them good instructions on the first one, but still, I did say a sentence, right? It develops possibilities. It makes it so that the group contribution can start to produce the best outcomes, Last little bit here is to construct, and that is to create an environment that actually fosters creative collaboration. So you want to see, if you can, there are big ways you can do it, and there are smaller ways you can do it to design an environment for co-creation. You want to provide the proper outlets. Another thing that they said in that Adobe State of the Create study is that people felt like they didn't have the proper outlets to be able to share their ideas. So one of the things that's really important is to make public spaces for ideas. Are you guys familiar with the whiteboard paint? Does anybody actually work anywhere that the walls are painted with whiteboard paint? If you don't, so there is a whiteboard paint. One of the companies in the United States is called Idea Paint. And you can paint the walls, and then you can draw on them with uh, dry erase markers. And so there are companies where people just draw ideas, and they have a space where you can just put ideas on the wall, and then somebody else can write something next to it. And it can be anonymous, or it can be something where, you know, it's attributed to you, and it gives people this public space to start to play with ideas. Co-creation needs this externalized material so that you can start to share that kind of unformed, fuzzy, raw concept and give your team material to work with, to respond to, and evolve. And so the other thing, too, is to create an environment where you encourage so-called stupid ideas. Some of the... (laughs) I know, I love that picture. (laughs) Some of the best ideas, some of the 
things that we know today as things that we, apps and things that we use were at some point a considered a stupid idea by other people, right? And so a breakthrough idea a lot of times is a stupid idea. And so that idea that you thought was crap might be the kernel or the seed of something really fantastic. And so people need to have that kind of space to be able to share that kind of stuff. Also, Again, kind of like the whiteboard, maybe you can just have a place where people can just post ideas, right? They can just post their ideas, and then other people can go and look at them, and then those ideas will spark other ideas and whatnot. And then also, in terms of space, like actual physical space, really important to have space where people can stand and sit. Standing a lot of times, as you kind of experienced a little bit today, when people stand, their energy is up, it's moving, a lot of times they're thinking. Sometimes people think better when they stand or when they move because they're kinesthetic, right? And then the sitting space a lot of time is for more like contemplative type time and um, time where people can actually process things a little more slowly or kind of start to like hash things out. Again, I I talked about Pixar earlier. Uh, Pixar, in terms of their physical space, is really well known that Steve Jobs actually deliberately designed the building so that the offices were in kind of far-flung corners and that people had to cross paths from different departments to do things like go to the bathroom and go to the common spaces, to go to the eating spaces and whatnot. And it was from that that really some of the most amazing ideas at Pixar were sparked from that the people coming and crossing paths like that. Last thing I want to say about this kind of space thing and collaboration is that collaboration is not an add-on. And I know we're all familiar with this. Actually, there was a question at the a UX meetup, the mega, the mega meetup, mega, mega meetup. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> there was a, a question that talked about accessibility. And one of the things that I understand, and where's Derek Featherstone? Is he in here? He's like, no, I hate you. Okay. I'm going to talk about rough him over later. But one of the things, he talks about accessibility a lot, too. Um, And accessibility has been one of those things that people, like, think about kind of as a last-minute thing. Like, oh, yeah, that's right, and then we need to, like, do this for other abled people. And it's not an add-on. Similarly, collaboration is not an add-on. The project will be stronger, and you'll have stronger outcomes if you collaborate at every single stage of the project. So where does that lead us? That leads us to this place of co-creation, right? So it's a little bit, I mean, it's not that like revolutionary, right? But it is a bit of a new paradigm to kind of start thinking, okay, I need to like make sure I'm unblocking myself. I need to make sure that I'm like connecting with people, really listening, really showing up, sharing my ideas, being a, a responsive and adaptive to change, creating this environment where we can share things, where we can play and work together and, 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 and spark ideas and work off of ideas, right? We already tried to do all the heavy lifting, all the creative heavy lifting ourselves, right? We already tried to think, 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 and be clever, Right? We already tried that, and we had limited amounts of success with this. So it's really time for us to up-level our creativity and kind of go to this different place. 
And the other thing, too, is to kind of start to think about what is it that we're ultimately shooting for? What is our kind of grander goal? And I would argue that it is not more that we're shooting for, that it is, in fact, something else, that we're shooting for better, right? We're shooting for making things better, improving things, making the world a better place, essentially, by the work that we're doing. I got this idea from my thought leader crush, Umar Haik, who I actually got to meet. I ran into in a coffee shop in London. I was like, ah! Had a little fan scream. I did. He wrote a book called Betterness. It's a very small book, actually, Economics for Humans. And in this book, he brings forth this idea of something called betterness. It's about contributing to the better good, right? And making it things better for everybody collectively. And I feel like we can do that. We can do that by recognizing that the sum total of human effort can add up to not just more, but to better. So having this openness to differences, like I said, the diversity of opinion and whatnot, really can start to help form these strong bonds across the group. And really, ultimately, it all starts with you, which is why the unblocking thing's important. Collaboration flourishes when there's a willingness to embrace new practices and thinking. So I'm hoping that I gave you some things to work with, some good tools and some good think things to start thinking about so that you'll be inspired to start really working on tapping into the collective brilliance and so that you can co-create to make better things and most importantly, make things better and you can do that together. So thank you. Now, a couple of, couple of little, little housekeeping things. The slides, if you want to get the slides, that and the tweet should have gone out. So uh, the tweet should be out with that, but I can tweet it again if you need it. The other thing is, too, please check me out um, for my company and everything. I'd love to come to your company and do a talk or do a workshop. It would be awesome. And then even the most importantly, okay, so this is a mock-up. There is nothing in it. <laughs> but this is at least a mock-up of my book, Banish Your Inner Critic, where I talk about uh, the different forms of the inner critic and how you can work to work through them and so that you can do better work and kick some major ass. So please... Sign up on the mailing list for that. And if you want to connect with me, that's how you can connect with me. Thank you so much, you guys. You were great. We hope you enjoyed this presentation from UX Australia 2016. For more presentations from this and other conferences, please visit uxaustralia.com.au.